Blog Talk Radio. Dr. Utu. Can't wait. Yay. Haven't talked to him in a really long time. Anyway, Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredible one herself, the amazing Wicked Witch, Dorothy Morrison. Check out www.wickedwitchstudios for all of your witching goods. And if you need that shipped overseas, check out www.theangrycauldron.com. They do her international shipping, and they have a line of goods themselves. So, <laughs> I have made an interesting discovery. Oh, wait. I, let me let me finish the disclaimer, because I'm going to go there. So, <laughs> Desperate House Witches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show. So, if dirty talk, bad language, bodily functions, or anything else I might say might offend you, well, that's too bad. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> Stick around if you wanna, cause uh, it's gonna go down anyway. Cause I don't really give a shit. Anyway, so welcome to the world of your kids can go back to school, but not mine. Apparently, his push for schools opening doesn't include his own fucking kids, cause I heard that. that school has gone full remote. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, bitch. So he's fucking looking for the W, obviously. He sees that what he's been doing ain't shit, and now he's like, oh, I guess I better get on board with this mask situation. Y'all know that he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. His desire to take over the CDC and all the information that comes out of it is purely indicative of a dictator, and this guy is a dictator. So make sure you do the right thing and get him voted out of office. Anyway... So that being that, I made an interesting discovery today. I discovered, okay, don't get freaked out, y'all. Don't get freaked out because, you know, I always bring you the weird shit out of my life. Uh I discovered that there is such a thing, and I did not know that this existed, but there is such a thing as a reusable sanitary pad. Did y'all know about this shit? Yes. I'm telling you. I did not know about this goddamn thing. I ordered a set of three. Why it only comes in a package of three, I can't begin to tell you. I usually go through three in a day. I don't know about you. Right? But I bought them. They're very comfortable, very nice and soft. Oh, my God, they're lovely. Where have these been all my goddamn life? Now that I'm almost at a point where I don't need them at all, I discover them. But that's okay. Ah. Because... At least I found out about it before the bitter end. So, yeah, disposable. <laughs> not plastic. No, seriously, they're not plastic. They're soft. They're fabric. They're comfortable. 
Because the last thing you need annoying you when you're bleeding is to have plastic there, too. It's like, can I get any fucking comfort during the next nine days? Is it at all possible? But, yeah. Yeah. That was was this week's great discovery. I'm so glad it happened. Okay, you're going to have to send me the link because I'm like, I have to wear the ones with wings because... You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm a heavy bleeder. Mm-hmm. At least three of the days of my period. She's a bleeder. She's a bleeder. Yeah, well, let me tell I'm you a bleeder. About... She's a bleeder. Um, <laughs> tell you, these fabric ones have yeah. wings. I didn't even know that would be really? possible. I bought it as a lark. I'm like, yeah, why the fuck not? So I ordered it, and I'm like. God damn it. These are fucking cool. And they snap. I mean, they have oh. like little baby snap. Yes. Oh, so they don't stick they to your leg. No, 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 no. There's no sticking. No, 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 no. You're missing it. There is no okay. sticking. There's no sticking, I promise. It, it snaps. Nice. It's soft. It's like wearing a diaper. But you know what? <laughs> There's many times in a woman's life where a diaper shall become necessary when you're born, yeah. when you're bleeding, and when you're drooling. So there yeah. you go. That's the story. <laughs> That's what's happening. You heard it from me first. Because witch or no witch, we're still going through the same shit as everybody else. Yep. Corona don't stop your period. Guess who's in the queue? Let's bring them on. What do you think? What do you think? Yes. Right. Can't wait. Hello, my dearest. How are you? Well, I must tell you, I have a thing for bleeders. So, um, Ah, you know. (laughs) There's nothing like being in the queue at Desperate House Witches. What you're going to (laughs) hear. You're welcome. We like to keep it interesting. You know how we roll. We have rolled the same way since your first appearance over eight years ago. I know. Hey, that's what I love about you guys. You keep it real, and I'm down with it. So, yeah, it's been that long. Crazy. Yeah, it really has. And we have enjoyed every single episode with you. How you been? Yes. Well, you know, I think like everybody, surviving. Uh, yeah. Trying to ride mm. these waves, you know, these constant waves of uh, information and change of information and up and downs. It's been, uh, it's definitely been something. So, um, you know, but uh, we, where I live in Niagara region, we, as of today, Friday, we go into the phase three situation. Oh. So for how wow. long, who knows, but it's kind of exciting for certain businesses for sure. But yeah, um, you know, but it's definitely been a, a, a pendulum of emotions and scenarios since March when things kind of got weird, and, and here we are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They go back and forth weird for us. We're about to uh, actually give real consideration to going back a phase because America can't get its shit together. Nope. Well, you We're know, dumb. don't feel bad because, um, to be quite honest, it, you know that type of mentality of people that are refusing to follow basic science it happens here too we've got a lot of them and kind of shocking you know there's nothing like thinking that you had a good grasp of uh the, you know the heartbeat of the you know pagan and spiritual communities 
And, you know, in the last few months, you know, between the overt racism and the lack of knowledge of basic mm-hmm. science has been kind of staggering. And I'm not naive, and neither are any of the guys in the band, but we've been shocked at some of the, you know, shocking levels of ignorance and yeah. repugnant beliefs. It's kind of really disheartening. And at least in our area, in the Niger region, like we've we've at least, you know, spent the last couple of years kind of re reestablishing and reconnecting uh, a once fragmented pagan con- uh, community. But we've, it's been a good couple of years of really connecting a lot of people. But we, uh, thankfully, the tribe, yeah, it's, it's, a very, it's a very colorful tribe, have definitely agreed mm-hmm. that there's a bunch of people that will never get in the door again, like not from the things we've seen them share. It's just outrageous, you know, between, yeah, crazy racism and just crazy anti-science. It's just, it, it, it's hard to believe, you know, hard to believe. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah, it's especially such a weird when it's black. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, sis. No, go ahead, sis. No, I was just going to say, it's a complete lack of self-preservation and care for those around you. It doesn't make any sense, honestly. It really is. It's, no. uh, it's perplexing. But uh, all we can do, you know, at least around here, is you know, try to, you know, I try not to beat around, you know, beat the same message, you know, with my social media. Just trying to be positive, and you know, when there's something that needs to be said in the last little bit, I'll say it. But for the most part, trying to be, you know, positive. And and as strange as things have been, it has been a positive flow for us up here. Like the, it's weird. Like the Dragon Ritual drummers, you know, we 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 aren't going anywhere for a very long time, but we definitely have slowed down the the amount of touring and travel. There was just only so much more you can do and we wanted to be more selective but out of nowhere this yeah. summer now has become one of the most busiest because of the virtual performances so we've done quite a few virtual shows and a couple more to go yep. and then out of nowhere we just yep. did a live one we did one for the niagara jazz festival just last weekend and it was on a real stage oh, with real people <laughs> and uh right. wow you know it was really amazing to do that again and uh you know and they broadcast that down into new orleans as well the jazz festival up here had like a system partnership yeah. with the, with New Orleans so they for a whole month they were broadcasting back and forth you know sh- different streaming events so the he- the big culmination was an actual live concert in uh, on an estate in a private place but we got to play live on a real stage so it's been it, somehow we've been busier than ever it, for like a small condensed amount of time and and uh, considering we don't have to we don't have to leave town you know it kind of makes it all a little easier Yay. <laughs> I've attended more conventions this year than I could have ever dreamed of attending or able to afford attending because everything had to go virtual. So it, it really, uh, I, I was lucky enough to attend a whole bunch of things that I did not have the money for. So I've been really enjoying it. But like you said, you know, when people have to get creative, you wind up being surprised at how busy you become because all of a sudden you have to rethink the way you do. I mean, a podcast is a podcast is a podcast. We can do it from anywhere. We have. We've done it in two different states. We've done it in all kinds of configurations. It's one of the things that fortunately doesn't really get affected by a, a situation like a pandemic. There's so few things that don't get affected. But it's it's been really interesting just how busy things magically seem to appear when everything came to a standstill. It's a, it's one of the most interesting dichotomies I've ever had to live in. You know, it's 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 so true. And 
what I think a lot of us, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are new to the pagan spiritual world, you know, and that includes the African traditional religions, I think, because, you know, there's a lot of people that are new to these traditions that I don't think they're, you know, mm-hmm. the, a generation that's not really tapped into studying history of magic and witchcraft and pandemics yeah. and plagues. This is a part of the narrative of witchcraft. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, we've had to survive this and magic really almost always does really flourish. Witchcraft, especially in Europe, really flourishes in these times. You know, it's just that now it's a modern time and it's a modern uh, platform that it's, 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 it's surviving on. But, you know, when back in March, like on the weekend of March 13, 14, 15, we had here in Niagara, or especially for the entire Ontario, which is almost the size of Texas, we were the last public event and it was called Mojo Rising. Wow. So my my friends I work oh. with here, Cat Taggard, who has uh, Cat Monkey out in Niagara Falls, it's in a little event center, and a, and a group of other people that are witches and you know conjure practitioners, all multi ethnic. We've been working together now for quite a bit. So we have this annual Mojo Rising, and it was scheduled. We had guests from both countries. You know, a lot we were, we're right on the border, so lots of people from Western New York, Buffalo, Niagara Falls area were all coming to it. Got tickets for it. People from all over Ontario were coming, but about a week beforehand is when people started to really start to just cancel everything and at that time the understanding was it was something to do with touching everything that you know if you touch stuff it was spreading this way and so we thought about Mm -hmm. it long and hard and we looked at it and i have a lot of people that have medical careers in my family and so you know i I was able to talk to lots have a lot of friends that are doctors and stuff so we 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 pretty much said you know what we're gonna we're gonna keep doing it we're not gonna go out like this a lot of people are just going to be so utterly disappointed. We checked with everybody. There was only about 40 people that were attending it throughout the three days. So we said, screw it. We're uh-huh. going to just do it. And then we switched last minute. We switched the whole theme around it to the fact that this pandemic was upon us. And because there was elements of mm-hmm. West African IFA in, in that weekend, um, you know, American conjure and traditional witchcraft all intermixed in that, well, all of these traditions have not only elements to deal with pandemics but actually deities in some regards so we flipped the whole thing around to that to be a, a interacting with it to be surviving amongst it and to have the faith that everyone was going to be clean and since it started on friday the 13th and it ended on the ides of march for those three days you know um it was just completely an interesting doorway and we said you know we have no regrets and then you know about a week after that is when the word got out, it's an airborne virus. And won't lie, a few of us that organized it were like, oof, okay. But, you know, I was able to, yeah. now with all that free time, stay in touch with everybody that attended it and just checked. And after two weeks of knowing everyone was healthy, we were like, well, we're, we were fine. And okay. so, you know, here we are now, you know, uh, we did a couple of different workings about working with entities to deal with plague, you know. And so, it was interesting, and sometimes these are things you can only learn and only experience as what our witchcraft ancestors had to deal with sometimes quite regularly. I mean, some of these plagues in the past lasted decades. So yeah. somehow witchcraft, yeah. magic, and the ability to stay clean in certain regions was paramount. And so we really used this whole opportunity as a learning curve, and now I think we're going to you know, be probably the first public event again in august uh you know to come right back out of the other end of it and say you know anyone that was there for the the shutdown to see how we applied magic towards a pandemic upon us well now that it's kind of sort of circumnavigated our region to some degree i mean 
no one's going back to phase four, which was normal for a long time. But phase three is the closest you can get. And since we're up, it's upon us, even in a very tourist-oriented region, right. so August is where we're going to sort of come out the other side and not get cocky about it, but literally say this is how we, in magic now, this is how we thank the deities, thank ancestors, and this is the type of magic you do when you've come out of the other end of a pandemic or a plague, you know. So it's uh, it's been very oh, interesting. And, and like you said, magic has never been more in demand for people that are accessible to people that need it. And, you know, while there was a big section of late March, early April, where it seemed very apocalyptic, despite everything I just said, I was like, oh, yeah. Man, is this really happening? Like society going down? Well, at least I got a house to go out in, you know, and. But then as time went on, all of a sudden there was this res- a resurgence of people wanting spiritual, uh, you know, readings and classes. And, and then people were just on the fly, like, you know, the whole Hex and Omen crew just pro- produced that platform of mm. the Hex Education Network. And, and, you know, there was Zoom meetings and, and people that yeah. were, you know, paying to have people come and lecture. And uh, out of nowhere, there was moments where I was mm-hmm. busier than ever. And I just was, ha- I just, I still haven't gotten used to it. It's so surreal. <laughs> it really is. It's It's been crazy. I mean, you know, I have a regular day job, and we didn't miss a beat. We're still, I mean, I'm in, because I assist essential workers, I'm in every day. It's like nothing happened. I mean, everything happened, but nothing happened. And the problem with that is when it seems like everything is still normal, people want to behave like nothing is going on. So yeah. I am up close and personal experiencing the kind of questionable behavior you addressed earlier. And, I mean, I had to call out a bunch of people today in front of <clears throat> some of the hires up. I'm like, listen, these people aren't wearing masks. I'm not comfortable with, with being around them because if they're not wearing masks here – I guarantee you they're not wearing them anywhere. This is the only place that these people are doing this, you know. And some of us, and you can tell, kind of tell the folks who really super-duper care because the folks who super-duper care have one of two things going on. Either they own a whole bunch of their own disposables (laughs) and bring them with them everywhere, or they're the folks that have the special ones that are already made, the cloth ones, the ones that they wash lovingly every night like myself. Um, And I probably have 30 different cloth masks because it's me and my kid (laughs) and my spouse. So every day we all turn in our, our, our masks for the day and get a fresh one because they're constantly in rotation. But when I see somebody at, at work and I know they have no mask with them and they go to the box that, that's for the outside labor, I'm thinking, I know you are not paying attention at home, and no matter what you're telling me, because I see you walking around like being around other people is no big deal. Even though you're with us every day, you're not with us at night, so you really don't know who we're coming in contact with, and I think it's risky behavior. Yeah, I agree. No doubt. I I was very fortunate. You know, I was at the uh, convocation conference in Detroit in February. And, you know, there was already talk about this thing happening then. It was so minimal, though. But uh, shortly after it all happened, a a wonderful lady we know there sent myself and a couple of friends here 
uh, homemade masks that she sewed up, which are amazing. They got skulls and crows and all kinds of stuff. And then one of them got so delayed in the mail that she sent a second one because it never arrived. And then the second one just ended up showing up. So I had masks to hand out to other friends and, and I've been living nice. for these uh, cloth ones, which are beautiful and they're amazing, and I, I love wearing them. And uh, so that was really cool. It's been interesting to see how many people have rallied together to to, to sew up some masks and and make it happen. And, yeah. Uh, we 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 in Ontario. It's, it's kind of funny. It's people have a short memory here in Ontario, and it, which yeah. unfortunately is one of the most populated parts of Canada. You know, so it's kind of the center of the country. Mm-hmm. But back in 2003, when SARS happened. You know, that seemed to be yeah. something that people oh, all around yeah. the world just kind of watched. They watched it happen in China, and unfortunately, the next yeah. worst country that got it was Canada. And it was oh, yeah. mostly in Ontario. So 43 people died in the course of two months in Ontario, which shut down practically tourism for a couple of years. And people wouldn't come here anymore. And, uh, you know, my mother had an entire clinic oh. that had to be reduced to working out of her practice from home that she had multiple people working for her because all medical places were shut down. And so we kind of went through mm-hmm. the drill. And it was back then in 2003 that the Dragon Ritual drummers, we were like, okay, so what's this new thing called hand sanitizer? Because we didn't even use it till then. And we just put in a regimen for ourselves right. then that we never abandoned. Everywhere we traveled with our crew, not only did we have some really lethal uh, amazing, uh, like, uh, you know, essential medicines, because one of our guys, Naresh, was a licensed aromatherapist, and so uh, he has wonderful mm. oils that kill a lot of stuff. We use Hannah's sanitizer. Everywhere we went, every time we touched a gas nozzle or opened a door at the truck stop driving everywhere, it was a regimen, and none of us ever got sick, thank- thankfully. And so we just applied oh, that. Yeah. So when this happened here in Ontario, when it took root, it kind of was already, a, 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 you know, things set in motion that people could remember. But unfortunately, it seems a lot of people don't remember it because they're just refuting the actual science of the simplicity of, yes, it's kind of crappy to have to wear a mask, but it's not that big a deal if you're wearing it in places. Now, the one thing I admit that I totally was a little nervous about, as were all the people that we went together, was there were two very large Black Lives matter rallies here in Ontario. One that was thrown together by this wonderful woman who's a black lady in uh, for Niagara Falls and it was a really big one. Thousands of people came to it. And my friends who oh, were wow. descendants of the Underground Railroad Freedom Seekers, some of them very renowned, a couple of them are, you know, historians, you know, literally came knocking on my door one day a few days before it and said, Hey, are you gonna go to that? And I said, Well, I don't know. I was was you know, I was thinking about it and she's like, uh, well. I'm gonna give you a Black Lives Matter T shirt and you know, I want you to come. And I was like, of course, I don't, I don't ever say no to these people. They're colleagues, they're friends, and they've helped me so yeah. much over yeah. the years. So, of course, I went. But all of us were, and I tell you, when we got there that day, it was a beautiful day in Niagara Falls, sunny, but there were thousands of people. Everybody had masks. And uh, so yeah, nice. right away, it was like, okay, feeling better about this. And then literally about two weeks later, the one here in St. Catharines, it happened right at the BME Church where Harriet Tubman preached, lived, and brought her entire terminus of the Underground Railroad to its end right there. There has not been a political mm-hmm. rally of any kind like that in decades and decades and decades. So the church signed off on it and said, sure, and it was a multi-ethnic group of kids. And oh. there were also descendants of Underground Railroad freedom seekers all gathered on the steps of that church. And I get goosebumps talking about it now because even the elders of that church, all of the people, we all attended it, once again, all masked. But to, to just the level of intensity that that was, was something I'll never forget. And just to see, you know, just to get that real message of really what was going on at the time. Unfortunately, I think 
the Black Lives Matter movement's kind of been co-opted by a whole other agenda by many people wanting this and wanting that, and it's become something that's kind of been lost. But those are the two times that, you know, was like, okay, I'm, I'm putting myself out into a crowd of hundreds and some, in certain cases thousands yeah. of people. But everything was okay. Yeah. No one, there never seemed to be any spike from it whatsoever because everyone was wearing masks. Yeah. And what more, can that, exactly. what more can you see when people that weren't wearing masks carrying guns in the United States, you know, showing up at these, these uh, government buildings and re- literally there was a spike within a, uh, you know, a week or two later. And then when you have thousands of people showing up for Black Lives Matter in Canada at least, all wearing masks, nothing happened, no spikes at all because it's just that simple, you know. Exactly. Person to person. Yeah. <laughs> that's all you got to do. I don't understand the aversion to it. Like, you know, and I wear glasses, you know, so I have a hard time. There's certain masks that we have because we have several, um, not as many as my sister because she is always prepared for her and, like, 20 other people. Um, so I don't have as many as she does, but, you know, I have certain masks that fit better you know, and don't necessarily fog up my glasses, but, you know, it's not that big a deal. I'm used to every time I open the dishwasher when I've run it, my glasses fog up, you know? Oh, my God. They'll defog in a second. But I'm saving lives, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's it's simple. It's really simple. But you know what? Yeah. We'll see how it all goes, and I think I, I hope that – I hope things continue to flourish for everybody in the magical community because, you know, I know it's hurting some businesses, some some careers, yeah. and some people's whole uh, life work, um, you know, and, the, and that makes me sad. Uh, but, you yeah. know, for some, it's been the most, uh, you know, abundant of times. And, it's, and, again, that has always been the case when there's been a plague upon society, upon tribal cultures. These things always bring people towards the the people that, you know, practice the magic or at least can share it. And so I think right now, honestly, what I've noticed is you're really seeing the difference between, I'm not, and I'm not going to try to say that I'm one of these people. I'm just saying that it's, you can see the difference between who are the folks that have actually really dedicated their lives to it and have something legit that they can share, something they can provide, because everybody else has kind of just fallen through the cracks or disappeared because this is, this is out of their reach. They can't even <laughs> grasp the critical thought to understand what's yeah. happening and to apply the history of our traditions or the traditions of humanity. We're all tribal peoples in some regard. So when we have something like this happen, you just have to understand, well, how did our cultures and our societies, when there was magic or when it was, you know, magic was a part of it, survive these things? Well, there's, there's ways. There's certain ceremonies. There's certain ways of applying this and to stay safe. And, and so that's, that's what I've been noticing is who's surviving who's risen to the top and, and it's interesting to see so in some regards it's very inspiring you know because people need it more than ever now and i think it's important mm-hmm. and that's why it's so disappointing to see people that are spiritual folks who abandoned the entire mm-hmm. you know legitimacy they had to spread conspiracy garbage you know and it's like well, you're just spreading panic you're just spreading misinformation that's if anything of anything we can all do that like use with your shows and your connections and your traditions and any of us is to at least provide right. hope and, you know, uh, positivity and unity at the very least. You know, that's all that yeah. we're asked to do at the very least, not add to the ridiculousness. And that, that's what's disappointing. Yeah, I, I agree. I have had to unload so many people this week. 
it's not even funny. I mean, there's just so many. And I understand that there is a lot of misinformation out there. And for a lot of folks, they hear stuff from their families. Their families are getting the information from questionable sources. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when you, when you have the, the person leading uh, giving misinformation every day and conflicting information every day, it becomes difficult for a lot of people who don't maybe read, you know, actual journalism to figure out what's real and what's not real, especially when you're getting bombarded by all these confusing things. So I get where where people, some people are coming from as far as not knowing necessarily from day to day, is it airborne or is it something you can contract by touching something, a surface. But the the point of, you know, when you get to a point of somebody saying, oh, maybe they should shine a certain kind of light inside you, or inject disinfectants. I mean, there are some things that simply make no sense, no matter who you are. And the folks that that kind of fall into that, you know, I've seen some craziness about, oh, you know, um, the Black Lives Matter people aren't really part of, of that group, and it's all a conspiracy, and they said that about the COVID thing. It's all a democratic conspiracy, which was, of course, more spewing of nonsense. I mean, it's just, like I said, I have had to unload so many people. It's kind of yeah. scary, and, and I don't see where that's going to stop. I think I think a lot of us are realizing that the people we thought we know we really don't know, and a lot of them are going to go away this year. Well, that's exactly it. And all I can recommend is that we really grasp tight to the people that are doing it right and that are colleagues and contemporaries Mm -hmm. that are doing the right thing and just take this opportunity because there will be a renaissance, there will be a resurgence, there will be a time where this is over, and that when that happens – these crazy fools cannot be a part of it. And this gives us a chance to purge. And when you think about it, what do, again, this is one of these things, what does a pandemic or a plague or a sickness require? It requires flushing out you know, disease, uh, flushing out yeah. you know, mm-hmm. elements that are unhealthy, and that can be multifaceted. And right now I know I can speak for at least the, the, the communities that I have influence in, you know, in the general vicinity of where I live, you know, uh, that there will be some people that just simply will never be part of these open ceremonies, anything that people pay for, any gatherings of any kind, they're gone. And whether they know it or not, they should at this point, because that is what I think every community needs to do. And that way, when things come back, you know, our numbers will be a little less. But there's been there's too many anyway, and there's too many people who don't understand what they are or what they're identifying. So I, we needed a good purge. You know, I'm, unfortunately, it's taken something of this level. But hey, you look at the bright side and find the find the the bright light to shine in the sickness any way you can. If we have to shove a flashlight up the asshole of this whole situation, well, there we go. You know, let's get rid of some of these folks. I'll be honest with you. I am so right there with you. It's like. If if it wasn't for the fact that they were putting other people in danger, you know, I've, I'm kind of of the mindset, do we really need these people? Why are we encouraging them to wear masks? It's, you know, but then I think about the essential workers 
I think about the elderly that they are going to go home to. I think about the kids that they are going to go home to. And that that whole thing of you can't transfer to kids is bullshit. It's, it's bullshit, exactly. bullshit. They have more of a resistance because they're younger, but it doesn't mean they can't get it. I mean, kids and plenty are of dying. children have plenty of children have yeah. died from it. You know, it's 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 the new. You know, and you know the funny thing is, is you know I, I'm fortunate. You know, again in my in my circle of friends throughout the pagan and spiritual world, there's a host of them that are actual doctors, trauma nurses. Two of the people that I know and have known for a very long oh. time took the risk to go and they were travel nurses, took the risk to go and work mm-hmm. with the two of them. One was in, in Massachusetts and the other one was in Michigan. They both came from Tennessee and, and somewhere else in Connecticut to work at those places that were the whole, you know, the big, you know, compound that everybody that had COVID went to. And so they're people I know. They were in there. They, yeah. They're posting their own videos and, 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 you know, photos. And ultimately, when it really first took off here, in at least in Ontario, my aunt and two cousins got this virus because they worked in a care facility. So, you know, yeah. all three of them, you know, suffered the same thing. You know, luckily none of them do very many things to be unhealthy, but my aunt, who really shouldn't be doing anything because she's 70, you know, I, we were all no, worried. Wow. The minute we found out she got it. We were like, oh, God, you know, here we go. But, you know, she got through it. It took a good couple of weeks oh, or good. more. And then, but now, here's the thing is that, you know, I know for a fact <coughs> is that all of them, are suffering post, you know, sickness issues. Like they're completely fatigued. Their completely organs are affected. And so it's not one of these things where you say, I'm just going to get a flu and I'll get over it. No, there's long lasting damage that they still are trying to figure out. So this is just not something to mess around with. And I don't understand how anyone can't grasp this because not that long ago, you know, and I think 2003, there just wasn't as much internet yet. You know, there just, there really wasn't, it wasn't as prevalent for everybody and I think sure. that meant information, you know, was kind of, you know, still considered sacred to some degree. Now everybody just doubts everything they hear and it just it's it's very frustrating, but we have to as witches and spiritual people uh if if we have any influence, we have to be beacons of positivity and, you know, and unity and keeping people inspired to survive this because it will end. It will come, you know, we may have to go through another Terrible lockdown situation, maybe, but uh, you know, it is frustrating. I mean, I've never, I've never in nearly thirty years, I have never not been in the United mm-hmm. States for this length of time. So I haven't been in America since February, oh. and I had that's Holy not. Shit. I live on the border. You know, for seven years, I pretty much yeah. lived there half the week, and I tour all year yep. long at events in the United States. I have, I go there for beer. You know, I just go there because the beer is cheap. Yeah. To come back, right, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's, uh, it's so the border, the border being closed is it's surreal. And I've uh, been by it a couple of times, you know, driving by Niagara Falls and looking on the other side. And it's like, it, even though it's just on the other side of this big chasm, it still seems like you're looking over the ocean. Like there's just such a, a, a strange walled off energy that is just so palpable and it's very strange. And uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's very sad, but I can't focus on it. There's people I love, I care about that I, you know, people in spiritual traditions, I can't see any of these people. So, you know, like things are, I get it. It's hard and, and no one suffers more than myself. I, I, I feel sorry for a lot of people, but we just got to stay diligent and try to have some fun somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> in spite of I mean, I won't lie. Alcohol consumption, alcohol consumption has yeah. definitely gone up. I'm one of them. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm sure a lot of people have, you know, a lot of people have, you know, looked for ways to distract themselves and, you know, just try to get some, a little extra enjoyment. I mean, what else do you do? But, you know, it's interesting because as much as we can't cross the border into Canada, you know, I have relatives up in New York that if I tried to go see, I need special permission from where I am to be able to go up there. So if there is a funeral that I have to attend, uh, which is possible, a possible thing to be coming up, um, I wouldn't even be able to attend that because I would have to be quarantined for two weeks upon my arrival. My understanding is at the border between the states, they are tracking where you're going, not not tracking yeah. you. They're not following you, but they are taking your information on where you're coming from, and, you know, they're looking at your license plate upon your arrival and giving you the instructions of, you know, you need to be in one place for two weeks. I mean, it's just it's a very surreal thing to um, – to be going through, and it's funny because lately when everybody is wearing their mask out in public, it's a very handmade tale kind of vibe where, you know, it's like, oh, we're all being very quiet now and we're all wearing this facial covering like they have in the, the series. It's just a very weird feeling. It's very eerie. But, you know, you know I mean, yeah, talk about people coming – people coming down with it. I mean, you know, my older son just went for testing yesterday. So we have another, you know, nine days of wondering, does he have it? Does he not have it? How severe is it? He's not feeling great. But, you know, we'll see what happens. It's, uh, you know, it's interesting. And it's weird because a lot of the time these folks that come up with these nonsensical theories it's because they've not experienced someone in their life having it. And I think, unfortunately, sometimes the only way people learn is if it happens in their family or it happens to them. Yeah. So it's, it's unfortunate that that has to be the lesson for a lot of folks. But in a dumbed-down country, which I feel America has become, over the past <laughs> number of years, and it's not because um, I don't think it's because Americans are just stupid out of the box. I think <laughs> when you become accustomed to certain to certain things over time, your level of intelligence kind of becomes more accepting of what was not not previously acceptable, and I just see this in different phases over and over again where our outrage at certain things has diminished to almost none. The shock value is is gone, especially yeah. when, when Trump says something outrageous. Like no one's, no one's surprised anymore, and that scares me because it means that our emotions are being dumbed down. Our level of outrage is being dumbed down. And this is the time to be seriously outraged and to do everything possible mm-hmm. to make sure this shit doesn't happen again. So yeah. I mean, it gives me a lot of concern. Well, no, so, don't. Again, don't, don't you know, don't worry because it's, it's the same. We have the same problems up here as far as a certain mentality, but, you know, it's true. There's a, there's a part of a, 
know, America fascinates me. I've I've spent most of my adult life in and out of it as a regular. I've been a part-time resident in it, work visas in it. Like I live sure. in America pretty much. And so I love it. And but that's why I've we always been fascinated too. with it because there's a there's a pendulum in America that is like this one area that is still just so like you know, entrenched in my freedoms and, you know, my America and all that. And that's all fun and well, too. But yeah. then on the other side, that's why when that's why on the other side, when it swings out that the people that in America that can that break from that tend to be people that inspire mm-hmm. the world. They become some of the musicians and, and writers and things that are, are so, you know, uh, like prolific as far as inspiration and so that that's what that's why america is fascinating it's that dichotomy like you said that of of the society we're on the two ends and and at the end of the day it exists here in canada it's it's the same thing it's just Mm -hmm. the canada the canadians again i can talk about canadians sometimes a little different i'm not even from here right so i was born in scotland so when i look at the country my, Mm -hmm. my old man especially raised me to make sure don't ever think like an apathetic canadian like they just don't care about anything if anything they'll just they're very non emotional because there was no revolution in this country there's never been a civil war there's never been anything the country just kind of had its you know confederation handed to it and so you know there's never been that kind of thing and it's very multicultural so there's not really an identity in in the big populous places but you know there are still the people that have that sort of like freedom mentality that is like they don't want to be told what to do and if you say we have to do this they say no and i don't even know if that's anything other than the way people raise their kids you know so that's what can i say it's a there there are there are legitimately people in every country that don't tell me what to do, but you listen to what I say. Yeah. You know, I, I have found that in, in you know, because I, I, I have, like, mutuals on social media. I, I don't use Facebook, like, nearly as much as I used to because I don't want to wind up hating people I love, <laughs> you know. Um but I've found on social media, it's, it's like there are people like that in almost every single country. Yeah. We have, you know, a plethora of them. But, um, you know, yeah, it, it, this, this, this is punk time. This is, this is the time that, you know, Henry Rollins and Rage Against the Machine has, you know, kind of geared us up for Right, if only. Right, it's only about what twenty-five to thirty years at this point. Some of that stuff uh-huh. was 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 relevant, and here it is. Um, yeah. Well, you know, uh, not to completely segue on that, but uh, I did want to tell you, ladies, that uh, the entire Dragon Ritual Drummers crew said to say hello. It wasn't in the cards tonight because I, I, we were remembering the other night when we were talking. Me and the guys that there was a couple times, like we had two or three of us on the show with you all. Right, we were all, you yeah. know, sometimes in oh, the same yeah. house. We're usually here from my. My uh, Niagara Voodoo Shrine hut here in in, uh, <laughs> right. in St. Catharines, and we'd be in different parts of the house talking. But uh, they said to pass on their regard their regards to you both, and that uh, you know they would send Aww. their love. And um, you know, so we that's what right pass back. that on. We love you. And we're getting ready. Like right now, we are in the throes of. Well, it's kind of funny. This this very weekend, we would have been in western New York for Serious Rising at the Brushwood Folklore Center. It's one of the biggest outdoor festivals. Oh, and we always wow. go to it as often as possible. 
And uh, we usually play on the weekend of it, which is a big deal. And we actually know the people that own the property. We've been going out there for nearly 20 years, and, and they were always very kind to the band and helping us, you know, as we were getting more popular, giving us, you know, headlining slots. So we were supposed to be there this year. And, of course, you know, it's, it's closed and everything can happen. So they're yeah. actually they, – they have a virtual festival happening right now. And so I'm not sure if it's tonight or tomorrow, but one of those two nights, a little show that we filmed already a, couple, a few weeks ago is being aired. You know? So it's one of those funny things that right now, believe it or not, the Dragon Ritual Drummers are playing a concert in Western New York while I'm talking to you. you know? And we're also planning right now, we're going through the motions of being part of Hexfest next weekend. Uh, sorry, two weekends oh, yeah. from now, so August, August 7th, 8th, 9th, uh, they had yeah. to turn their platform to virtual. So we're, we're drumming on that, and, that, that, you know, they're taking a lot of – that's all live. So, you know, they're actually yeah. doing a lot of uh, technical meetings to make sure everybody's going to use the platform correctly. And, and uh, so we have a challenge for that one. The Dragon Winter Drummers, we, we know we're playing one show uh, specifically on the Saturday night that, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a challenge, you know, because it's, uh, yeah. it's a type of connection for Crowdcast where you have to be plugged into the Ethernet connection. And so we're, we're working on it. So it's a bit of a challenge. And uh, but we're looking forward to it, and that's uh, that's that's well, essentially our last uh, performance of the year. Is, is already is going to be you know Hexfest in two weeks wow. because we we did a virtual one for uh, a Roma celebration that we sent, we get to attend here in Ontario mm-hmm. uh, called the Saint Sarah Kali. So it's it's a veneration of the Roma Saint Sarah Kali, and one of our good friends. John Husilak organizes it every year, so this year it was virtual because he got a grant from the government to do it, and so nice. we submitted a performance for him. Then we did a submission for Witches Fest in New York City for the the parade that they had. We submitted that because uh, you know for Lady Ria's, yeah. and then we submitted our our pre-filmed yeah. concert for. Serious Rising tomorrow or tonight, I think it is. And then, uh, you know, of course, we did play the Jazz <laughs> Festival live. And then next weekend is that, so is, is Hexfest. So in a way, we're just like, we did a lot in the, in the course of one month. And yeah. That, yeah. We, haven't, we haven't toured. We haven't toured like that in a couple in a few years, right? But we still haven't had to leave the house or leave the area. Let's just say that, leave the area. So it's been, it's been yeah, definitely fun right. and interesting. And we've gotten to spend a lot of time together because of it. Uh, with the guys, so it's been interesting. We've had a real resurgence in our our bonding and and getting to nice. play a lot, you know, because it's hard. It's hard, you know. One of our guys is a college professor and runs is a manager of yeah. one of the major hotels in in Niagara Falls. Another one owns a whole series of tattoo studios and a bar. You know, everybody has careers, wow. jobs. So oh, it's been yep. it's busy. Who busy getting okay? Wow. Of you, you own so a, a tattoo studio because I need to come up and get ink. It's Brian. It's our guy Brian. He owns the the tattoo chain called Artistic Impressions, which is a historic uh, tattoo studios uh, chain in Niagara Region. It's been around for over 30 mm-hmm. years, and so there's three locations: one in St. Catharines, one in Welland, Ontario, and one in Niagara Falls. Some of the best oh. artists going. So he owns all three of those, and uh, at the very least, that keeps him busy. And uh, you know, nice. it's funny because we were because everything was shut down, everything, uh, except yeah. the college professor. He was still working uh, online, of course. But then, you know, as we started right. planning all these shows, boom, phase two, and hey, guess what? Two weeks is phase three, and then all of a sudden, it's like, wow, we sure picked a strange time for our virtual tour. Even that is a challenge <laughs> for us right now because of all of a sudden everyone's working again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. my gosh. So, have you guys put any new music together since you had time to actually? Spend time together? No, 
but the stu- well, well, you know what, we mixed a little bit of some of the live performances. So oddly enough, where we did have our studio, which is what Brian ran as well, uh, the last time we put new music out was a single for a song called uh, The Riders of La Santisma Muerte. It was a, mu- a piece of music to honor uh, oh. Santa Muerte. And yeah. it was very Mexicali. Yeah, yeah. And it was very modern, a lot of guitar as well in it. You know, some of our guys and myself, we, we all happen to be play multiple instruments in the past as well. So we, we incorporated that. That was a fun piece of music. And then right about then, the, where the studio used to be, had to be moved. And so uh, wow. he, but Brian did manage to actually get it built back up on his property with the shutdown, right? It gave him the time to do it. So we actually have used it uh, to fix up some sound on one of the things that we did for the St. Sarah Kali performance. So that basically opened up the door to be like, okay, well, you know, let's, let's, let's do some work again because there's a bunch of stuff we never finished that, you know, is sitting in in the system and so to speak. And so, um, you know, we're going to get on it. And I think that's going to be the, 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 the task of things to try to do, you know, once the autumn arrives, because right now everyone's, you know, mm-hmm. right back into the, 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 the catching up with work and uh, yeah. see mm-hmm. how this goes. But, yeah, we are going to be recording some new music, and there's some that's really almost ready to go. Awesome. We did release a piece of music, actually. It's on our Reverb Nation page. We released it a few uh, a few months ago. It's called, uh, the th- you know, uh, The Thunder Serpent. It, you, you can find that on, on Reverb Nation. It's a relatively newer piece of music that was all just kind of a big chaotic piece of music about working with the, the horned serpent of Niagara Falls, the ancient, you know, serpent that was mm-hmm. revered by the then particular inhabitants aboriginal inhabitants so that was a big piece of music the thunder serpent that we we did that and that that's kind of fun and so we've been kind of doing what is everyone sort of doing is you release small singles on itunes or on reverb nation as opposed to whole albums yeah uh, now because it's, mm-hmm. it's, but we are putting something together actually that will be something resembling an album but i don't even think we'll put it on cd at this point we really probably won't just everything we have goes right onto itunes and reverb nation and wow it's kind of like what everybody's doing now nice. that's just the way it is yeah, is it easier to do that directly yeah. than it is to to put out a CD? No, it's just nobody buys CDs anymore. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Oh. It's just like an entire okay. within a few years, a bunch of uh, the majority of people just switched everything to that format. And you know, so if you have a great system and really big speakers hooked up to your computer and stuff, then sure. But MP3s themselves is a degraded form than what you get on a CD. A CD is a wave file, and that's a bigger, more dynamic sound, you know, and so MP3s are really condensed. But, you know, when you're listening to it on a big set of speakers hooked up to your system, then okay, it's not so bad. But they're, you know, it's so, it's not easier, it's just, it's the, it's just what everyone's doing. And so when we started traveling places and no Mm -hmm. one's buying CDs, or we had them kicking around forever and then they ran out, we're like, are we really going to spend a a few hundred dollars to get another bunch of these to sit around for a few years? Because most of these to sell them at shows sometimes, and then people would order them, but no one orders them anymore. No one's even asked for one. So it's just, we just probably won't, you know. It's just Now we just put everything up on iTunes, and people buy stuff on iTunes every single day. We don't even know who they are. It's just every day, you know. And so it's it's one of those things. It's like you adapt, you know. You have to adapt. And so we have yeah. luckily been part of iTunes and Apple Music for a very long time. And, you know, Spotify yeah. as well. There's a channel for us on that. We don't get anything but a couple of pennies from that anyway. But who cares? You know, people are out mm-hmm. there listening to it and buying stuff at times. So, you know, it's, it's all good. Yeah. I, uh, well, I got to say, that's very really disheartening. Sorry. <laughs> We're adaptable. We're just that's all I was going to say. Go ahead, sis. 
I was very disheartened when I realized that my brand-new computer didn't have a CD player. It didn't even occur to me that it would come without one. So it's interesting that you say that because I didn't realize that, that I wouldn't. I mean, because I have CDs that I tra- – I mean, I'm a vinyl kid. I'm of that age, you know. I'm in my late yeah. 50s. So the transition from vinyl to 8-track to cassette to CD and now – I mean, CD was, to me, probably better than cassette because, and, and any kind of tape because, you know, tapes warp over time. But yep. now I can't even play stuff on CD anyway. That's really interesting. I'm kind of glad you told me that because I was being very upset about not being able to play stuff that my friends are putting out. And you're saying, well, we're not putting it out that way anyway, so no worries, you know. But I still have to, now I have to figure out how to get an external CD player if they're even available anymore. I assume they are. I don't know. but Well, you can get them secondhand, but that, yeah. I'm like you. So, And quite honestly, because I've been a musician most of my adult life, I used to play in other bands, you know, and so did most of the guys in the band. So most, yeah. you know, legit musicians or career musicians that I know, and I'm speaking for everyone in our band, especially myself and a couple of our guys, I still have a multi-CD disc player i have a cassette player to an old a straight up old uh receiver i collect vinyl mm-hmm. i have a turntable like when you are a music connoisseur and a music lover you want to have all that the only thing i don't have is an eight track you know to be honest and i used to a long time ago just for, just for the purposes of collection of music you know because that's just me, I'm a music lover and, and and so but i admittedly don't play the cd player very much when anymore i kind of do stream stuff coming out of my kitchen where I or the other room where I have the computer I I tend to play that a bit more but I still collect all that and one my one of the funniest things is so many friends of mine or colleagues are like I've just transferred everything over to a uh, computer you know I'm going to throw these CDs out you want them I'll take them because I I like to collect <laughs> music and I want and I and it's it's a it's a yeah. It's when you love music, it's a, best to have it on all mediums because it's interesting. And vinyl, thank God that made a resurgence. And thank God, to many degrees, that is yes. a big nod yes. to hip hop. The, the idea of the turntable yep. being an yes. element of that, to the point where hip hop doesn't use one anymore. But for a while, thank God, it was because of that that actual vinyl yeah. did make a resurgence because of that. And uh, so, yeah, I collect vinyl all the time, and I still buy some actually and trade it and everything. So I, I, I'm a music collector, and most career musicians yeah. are because that's your life, and uh, you know it is what it is. Yeah. You know, there's no way that I'm going to you know, ever what? abandon all that. We'll we'll have to talk yeah. because I I my husband is like super into vinyls, um, and I think the last one I bought for him was Primus Seas of Cheese or something. But yeah, he's he's always looking for new ones. So yeah, we'll ha- we'll have to talk at some point. Yeah, it's really fun to collect good good vinyl. Yeah, and the sound is. But um, I really like the sound. It's actually, you know, the funny thing is, you know, not to get all music geeky, but ultimately vinyl is the best quality of sound. You know, it captures things warmly. It's not as compressed. So when you can yeah, collect, yeah. when you're, when you're, when, when records are like, especially from, 
prior to 1980, if they are the original versions between before 1980 when they were recorded in monochromatic like sound, yeah. it is the bass and everything stands out. There's no gates between everything. It's warm. It's captured warmth. And and when you play a CD from the same, you know, uh, uh, say for example, like the first time I ever experienced it, I'd heard I'd heard people telling me this that when you play uh, an album prior to 1980, when the industry kind of even on vinyl, but it still is better. But you, prior to that, when it was an analog sound that it was captured, that if you played the CD, it sounded less. And the first time I experienced it, because again, I was in a band at the time, a rock band, and we traveled and. You know, we we heard this was happening, and so we had come across one time Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, Deja Vu, that oh. classic album, right? So we had it. Yeah. Oh, it was great. And then the next day, a buddy of mine went out and bought the disc and came over and said, "Okay, let's put it to the test." So we did. We uh. played the first side on Crosby, Stills, Nash, you know, the Deja Vu on vinyl. And then when we put the disc in on our same stereo system that me and the singer of my band shared a house together and we put it in the same thing, it sounded like there was one acoustic guitar being played and you could barely hear the bass. Yeah. Like, and we were just like, yeah. holy shit. You know? And then I started doing that everywhere I went. People were like, I don't know about that. And I would go through their collection and I'd be like, ah, you have this, you have that. And one time I was at a party, a big house party of older people, and this conversation came up and they said they had a big, beautiful stereo system and... Like, I don't know about that. I don't believe this. This is like 1998 or something, right? And I'm like, well, mm -hmm. they're like, well, I'll go find something in my collection. So I went looking around and I started noticing these people have a thing about James Bond, you know? And so I noticed they had a few, a few albums and stuff like that. And then I turned around a few of the old James Bond albums and I turned around and said, what's the odds that you have on disc, a greatest hits of the, of James Bond. And they're like, Oh, right here. And they pulled it out and I'm like, Oh, there we go. Dr. No, Perfect. you have that original and you have that. So the whole party went to a standstill, played their record, Dr. No, produced by Phil Spector, Wall of Sound Symphony, and then played that same song on the disc. And that whole place went, whoa, they just didn't know what to think. Uh -huh. right? because now it sounded like it was less. And that's a disc. And again, we can crank a disc really loud and it's great. But when you really compare sounds, and that's the thing for us yeah. as the Dragon Ritual drummers, we our drums like we have we our style of recording has changed over the years. We used to just record in a straight up recording studio, live off the floor they call it, with lots of microphones everywhere. You come in when it's live off the floor and you add a dub track, and that would usually be me playing some lead drums over top of it. But it always had that sort of sound, live group of drummers in a dance hall or something. And that's just how all drumming was, tri tribal drumming. It's not that there's many discs uh. to compare it by. Then when we hooked up with Brian, who was a producer uh, in our band now, but was a producer of you know industrial metal music, he changed oh. our whole approach. And that's why when we recorded our last yeah. two bigger albums, Tribal Magic and Temple of the Drum, we did those specifically so they could get played on New Age and spiritual radio stations, which happens to this day. So we recorded everything separately. You know, you record everything separate, and it's a completely different. And now, because you realize you're having to compress everything, and so we had to make our mix now to sound like it would be okay in earphones of an MP3. It's a completely a different. So even though we just record drums and percussion, we've always been sort of attempted mm -hmm. to be creative with it. And so we would just this arc of even an hour time in the last 20 years that our band has existed. This is our 20th anniversary <laughs> this year, believe it or not. Oh, uh, even though we've had uh, 2020 was supposed to be kind of an epic little bit of a tour. We haven't even bothered mentioning it, but you know, we we're like, well, oh. we'll wait. But so in that 20 year difference, the change of the style of recording our drums and our approach to it has just, you know, we used to go out of our way to have a, a lot of, 
thought towards the CD insert. You wanted certain art in there, certain images, a certain a certain thing, you know, because it was it, while it wasn't as big as vinyl, you still wanted your insert to look a certain way. Now you don't even apply that, yeah. you know. It just so now your music has to be slightly different to make up for the fact that no one's reading through stuff, looking at images, and listening to the music at the same time. People don't do that now. They just want to pick a song and play it amongst their other playlists. So you have to make that song a type of a dynamic type of recording that's just going to stand out and still has to sound as good as what you'll hear on everything else on iTunes. Not a lot of people can do that, but we're lucky that we, you know, our stuff to this day still stands as, as good as so anything Brian. you'll hear on, on iTunes. It won't sound quieter. It won't sound muffled. It sounds big and dynamic for that medium. So yeah. that's because our guy is just that good at it. So we're lucky. Yeah, Yay, Brian. Because a lot of people are not able to get away with it. Um, you know, and being an audiophile, you know, the Beatles used to record in one room to get that beautiful sound. And unfortunately, a lot of people are, you know, are not able to pull that off. And when you have a big band like yours, which does it beautifully, it's, Kind of, it kind of makes me a little bit sad that that it has to move in a totally different direction. You know what I mean? It has to be mixed a certain way for a certain set of headphones, or the yeah. way music is sold now. And you know, I remember when Napster was first announced as being a potential thing, and and I'm a former musician. My husband's a current musician. He's a drummer. Just as a matter of fact, but I mean, it's, it's such a different vibe now. And, and Napster, anytime I hear about people selling music online, I still get that little knot in my stomach that makes me feel like, Oh shit, how much money is the artist going to lose yeah. from piracy? Lots. Cause yeah. it's so Lots. And it's amazing, right? Cause the same guy that created Napster is the guy that created Spotify. Like what, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. this individual, really? that dude had it. Yeah. That's the same guy. So he's, uh, it's amazing. Like he just had his head strong and saying, you know what, I'm going to make a music available streaming in this way. So we get, we have our, 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 our uh, network is run, you know, through reverb and through iTunes. And so we have a royalty uh, package. So every couple of months we get this statement, you know, and it's like pennies or something, you know, called distro, you know, right. royalties. And it's basically meaning that that's what's getting played on Spotify. It's next to nothing. But again, Back in the day, you could just buy a record and tape it and give it to your friends. So, you know, at first, our band, and like most bands, you lament a little bit, but then you have to adapt, and then you have to find a way to survive it, no matter what, and persevere yeah. and keep going. And uh, so that's just what we've done. You know, we, we debate a lot about, you know, we have a lot of, out of the five guys that are our core, like we have a five-member core, and then there's like two yeah. or three guys that are like our second line, we call you know, that play with us when they can sure. or fill in at times because, you know, but when we are all yeah. together, there's multiple debates about, you know, opinions on this very subject of, you know, with sound recording, how to do it. And, and Brian being the, the technical genius that he is, you know, I'm the creative one that's the, the one that pushes like, well, here's what we got to try to do. And that angst, you know, at times is like guys are like, settle down. But at the end of the day, because of that angst between yeah. the two, and then there's camps on either side that sort of say, yeah, I'm down with what Brian's saying, or no, what Utu's saying. And so, but that's the best. And so right. we don't ever have arguments. It's just that we have driving debates. And that's, you know, that's my favorite part about being in a band. And it's, it's again, it's the, it's the tribal mm-hmm. democracy. And if everybody's got the same outlook towards 
wanting a nice piece of music at the end of it, then all of that juxtapositioning, debating, uh, you know, learning curve, it all comes out as the product at the end, and then we all cheers it and celebrate it. And so that's why anybody who's ever been in a band that writes music, that's why I have such an appreciation for some of the classic bands that have withstood the test of time. Because when you listen to their recordings and you read the stories about some of the antics, you know, you realize, man, you know, that's just amazing. Like they, they held it together. They were able to fight through some of the, the you know, the, the, the different debates about how to capture their sound, what direction they wanted to go in. And then they come out with this awesome album, you know. And so that's what I love about it. And so we, we experienced that. We really do. We, we debated it hard for some of this streaming stuff. And uh, for what sure. we were doing, and uh, you know, and it, it, so it's been, it's we've been having that debate again, and it's been very, very interesting, um, you know, how to capture some of the sound correctly to stream for these these performances. So uh, fascinating, even yeah. right now this summer that we were like, wow, so that's how the best way to do this. Okay, we went through a couple of rounds huh. before we realized here's how you stream a show. Here's the best way to capture that to send that video file, but with audio, you know, quality. You know, it's, 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 it's right. been right in the middle of the challenge right now. Pandemic, you know, musical, you know, challenge, you know, because of the, 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 the type of things we've been having to do because of the virtual shows. But that's why the jazz festival last week was so invigorating, you know, to be on a stage and it was being streamed globally anyway, but still just to be on an actual stage was like, Oh God, this is good. You know, like, this is awesome. It feels yeah. so good, you know, and it was Aww. funny. And, yeah. yeah, it was good. And they were really There's great. Nothing. It's, the, it's the, the regional jazz festival. So, of course, all distancing, you know, you know, the microphones were switched out between bands and, and you know, you were, all of us would hang sure. out in one spot. And they're like, okay, now that you're done, you guys get to go hang out the VIP area. You know, go back there and there's someone giving you drinks and stuff. So it was all spread out real good and, and really right. responsibly yeah. done. So really fun. Fun summer so far despite the situation. That's good. Which is great. I mean – and it's it's great that you're I mean, there's nothing like a live audience. I, I know that feeling. It's amazing, it is invigorating, it's incredible and I know all of my musician friends are like, I miss it I'm like, I yes. know. But my you know, even my husband is working with his old bandmates right now, as a matter of fact, on on putting out some new music so that's pretty exciting even though it all has to be at a distance and you're right everybody's learning how to navigate you know recording and even writing at a distance it's it's pretty interesting so yeah i'm i'm lucky enough to have a front row seat to some of that but you know it's been wild because we when we did our first when we had to do the first virtual thing to for the the roma uh, saint procession that was in may and that was the first time we all gathered. And it was still kind of like, you know, okay, like we all, you know, again, we're not paranoid or nothing, but, but we all have someone in our family that's immune compromised or something to that degree. So it's not like, you know, yeah. we're just being, you know, because believe me, we're a hedonistic bunch of barbarians. The Dragon Ritual Drummers, we're as well known at events for our partying and our antics as it is for our show and our magic. So there we were all kind Part of really trepidating. You know, it was, there was a lot of trepidation to like how close and we just like had to sit and say, okay, guys, like we've all been really good. We've all been looking after our families, making sure we don't do nothing stupid. I think we're okay. And that was the first day that all five of us actually were in a room. It was the studio and the doors were open and we were all in one room and it felt almost taboo. You know, I mean, 
the, the, yeah. the, the, the arc of emotions from, you know, being all in lockdown and no one seeing anybody for weeks and then all of a sudden, you know, slowly but surely visits out back, you know, my backyard's become my living room. So, but that day we were all in the studio <laughs> to fix some of the sound was like, wow, this is taboo in a room with other guys and people. Wow, this is crazy. You know, it's, kind of, it's been such a, such a, all we can do is be, try to be positive and that's that's i just want to emphasize that again to any of our colleagues and our fellow contemporaries presenters podcasters like we have to we have to add inspiration and positivity to our community sure. to keep people you know yeah. you know looking towards the end of the light because it will happen it will come and i have faith in in the medical people around the world and i don't care if they change their opinion on something because that's what medicine does right science does that yeah you know and It is so important for people to remember that when you know better, you do better. When you get better information, you go with the better information. Information is not to stay stagnant. That is not the point. It is about learning more about whatever the topic is. It's about learning more about what the illness is, how to cure the illness, the best ways to protect yourself. This is not that anyone was wrong from the CDC or the medical folks. It's that as they learn more, they get more information, they collect more data, just like you do as a student or or in your job or whatever it is. As you get more information, you become more proficient, you learn more, new facts apply. It's the same thing. So stay on top of the information as it comes out. And there are things that make sense, and there are things that just don't make sense. Covering the mouth makes sense. It it helps retard the spread of germs. That's what we're trying to do, not spread germs to each other or not catch germs from each other. It's very simple. No one is asking you to wear a mask 24-7. If you need to take a breather, I know a lot of people who get overheated who work outside, and in an outside situation, take a walk away, take a minute, breathe, yeah. wipe your brow, yeah. get something cold to drink, and then continue on like we all do. You know, yeah. I mean, I interact with a lot of people. Sometimes I need to walk away and take the mask off for a minute. But that's after walking away. Excuse yourself. Yeah. People will understand. It's simple yeah. Stuff that makes sense that people seem to feel like we're trying to take your freedom. No one's trying to take your freedom away. People are trying to keep your ass alive. It's unfortunate <laughs> yeah. because what's happened ridiculous. is we've had the third world. You know, the third world has come to the the first world in some regards because when you yeah. go to other parts of the world where there are quite often pandemics galore. Like we're we're very privileged in North America. You know, yeah. because we don't have to deal with this. And parts of Europe, too, but not all parts of Europe. But, you know, there's times where there are plagues and diseases and all sorts of things where people have to wear masks. You know, this is what yeah. is the most effective way. And so, you know, just when when I look at the grocery stores like you were talking about, you know, feeling like the handmaid's tell, my perception is when I'm in there, mm-hmm. I look around and be like, well, I guess this is what it feels like to be in Hong Kong or Delhi or something. You know, like I just, uh, just yeah. exotic right. travel. You know, here it is. Uh, you know, I'm traveling overseas. Right. My grocery store now, yeah, it feels like I'm in Asia where people have to do this sometimes or parts of Africa when there's, you know, outbreaks of horrendous diseases. You know, people have to wear masks sometimes in order to deal with this. And and if we all just do it, we won't have to do it again. It's just like if only people realize the quicker we all just get this and, and try to contain it a bit, 
the quicker we can just walk away from this, and it's just that simple. Right. And the more we yeah. fight it, the longer yeah. it's going to stay. Just but, that simple. You know, it's just a question of getting everybody on the same page, and as long as people feel entitled, they don't want to be on the same page. I don't quite understand it, but, you know, we just got to keep encouraging folks to do the right thing and keep on keeping on. But we've only got a few minutes left, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about possums. Can you talk about the possums for Ooh. a minute? The possums. Yes. So, well, first off, possums are one of my favorite magical animals. I have a possum skull yes. on my hat that I wear for years. Uh, I've interacted with a lot of wild possums. Um, I love them. I, I wear a lot of their bones, and they are incredible creatures, and they have a lot of mm-hmm. magic, obviously. You know, they're unique. They're, they're, they're impervious to rattlesnake bites. Uh, they're the only marsupial oh, yeah. of North America. You know, they uh, they are, you know, they know medicine. They know, you know, what what to eat and herbs and, and all sorts of things in the swamps. They're like, and they, they sort of embody these, this old wise swamp witch, you know, and, and when you, yeah. you look at mm-hmm. things that way. So they're one of my favorite animals. So, yeah, A you know, just happened to be witch. at my house, you know, sleeping in the hut here, living here in the Nagarudu Shrine hut, which is my little place I'm, in my bed, and I hear my recycle box making noise, and I thought, oh, it's a raccoon. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, though, but there's nothing in there. There's only like an old can of tuna. It'll get out over it soon. And then I heard it some more, and then I woke up in the middle of the night and heard it again. I'm like, I'm not going outside. It's like, what is going on? So in the morning, I got up to go throw some stuff in the recycle box, and I look in there, and there's these two babies. So, Aww. you know, I know enough about possums. I follow possum people online that, you know, that eventually – the babies get shaken off. The mother literally just shakes them off. And these two were pretty big. They were probably the last two clinging to her. And so, uh, in nature, this is it. Them two were on their own, but they weren't getting out of that box. And it was a heat wave, and they were mm-hmm. in the dirt. My my recycle box, I'm embarrassed to say, is disgusting. You know. And so I looked in it. And I'm like, good <laughs> lord. So you know, quick couple of phone calls. I got a message out to a possum rehabber that I met in Western New York last year at a festival, and she had one, and I got to play with it. And she said, do this, do that, do this. So there it was. I had to get these two little monsters out of that blue box, put them in the bathtub, <laughs> and I figured that was good. She's like, they could probably be okay. Yeah, until the next morning when I got up and they escaped out the bathtub and were somewhere in the hut here, the voodoo shrine. They were somewhere in here. And I was like, oh, oh no. God. So there it was. I found them. They both put up a little fight. and then. Uh, but I had them for about four days altogether. And uh, terrible little things, smell-wise, but so much love and joy. And then when I got, when I found mm-hmm. an actual possum rehabber in Niagara region, about 30 minutes away, dropped them off there, and that woman had eight of them, eight of them that were all much more. She's going to let them all go, but they don't bite, they don't hiss. Mine never bit anyway, but they hissed a lot. And I had these things crawling all over me, and it was so much fun. Sure. And so she's going to take those two, clean them up a little bit, fatten them up a little bit, and probably before the fall, they'll be walking outside with the rest of them, you know, and being released out into the wild. And uh, as tempting as it was Beautiful. to keep one of them, I've always wanted a pet possum. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But uh, it's one of those things where you catch yourself. A lot of people know where I live. Uh, not everyone's my biggest fan. And uh, it is illegal to have a possum as a pet. You know, unfortunately, everything uh, that's indigenous, you're not allowed to have as a pet. And uh, except a crow. Of all things, right. a crow you're allowed to. But, uh, yeah, so I knew... 
but I was tempted. I was tempted because I figured like this was a this was a sign. And what's so funny is, you know, it would have been. E- I knew they were a little too young anyway. But every neighbor on either side of me and behind me, the two yards, all have dogs. These things wouldn't have survived oh. a day. And it's just amazing. I teach uh-huh. animal magic, and I teach how to be that person that radiates where animals will come to you for help. So careful what you do sometimes because that possum literally knew, this is the guy, this is the place, he's taking the babies, good luck, bonk, and dumped them on me, right? So I was like, are you sure I'm the yeah. daddy? I don't know. You know, so uh, there it was. I had them. And, uh, <laughs> they were so much fun, you know, and uh, so that was a real, real experience. And then, you know, within a day, I was missing them already because it was, you know, no other sentient beings. I don't have pets right now. So, uh, you know, those two living little creatures in the house was fun for a while. And, and they were hilarious. When I had to change their water or their food, them trying to act tough, you know, and hiss. I'm like, you're not doing nothing. And, and I gave them the chance. I put a towel or so, like, in their mouth when they had it open. They wouldn't clench down. So they're so, they're so gentle in many ways. Such misunderstood yeah. creatures. And so considering how much yeah. I work with the possum spirit and wild possums, in magical sense, to have two babies was yeah I'll never forget it and uh, it was a it was an amazing feeling and and uh, and then then just that woman that rehabs them you know she was such a cool lady and I told her too I was like God bless Aww. you like thank God you you do this she's like oh I know they're great creatures and she's like you know I, I get them all fed up and release them after in special places and she's like so yeah so it was it was really well, nice to to animal rehabbers are great people I love them especially that's the idea it would be great to keep a pet all the time. But our, our wild animals do need to be in the wild. And uh, the best part yeah, is yeah. she takes the ones from the cities like me and releases them out into the, the, the more, you know, wild areas of Niagara. And so, you know, good for, good for her and good for everybody that rehabs wild ah. animals and, and rescues them and puts them out back into the wild. You know, those are good people. And I, I think they're some of my favorite people to follow on Facebook are animal rescue rehabbers. I, I think these people are incredible. Mm. I love them. You know, they inspire me. Yeah, but and I'll tell you, I it was hard work. Them two little critters, them. just yeah. for a few days, I mean, you, had you, me you, busy. You, <laughs> so it's not easy. <laughs> I appreciate the pictures that you had posted, and I thought, wow, that is a man of true love and spirit because to take that on and and be a good steward of those little animals until you can get them to a rehabber, you know, gratitude to you as well for making sure they got to her safely. So um, you did yeah. a yeoman's job. Well, I, funny I don't thing know is, that I would have been able to do it. A month ago, a month ago, a friend of mine said, I got a dead possum in my backyard. It's already dried up. Do you want it? And I'm like, of course I do, because you got to collect the skulls and stuff. And I do a lot of roadkill collection and rebury. So he showed up, but I guess what he did was he put it in a box in a bag for a bunch of days before he brought it to me. So when he brought it to me, I opened it up and was like, God, that stinks. And so I buried it behind the shed in my yard. And when I dumped it out, the stench Mm -hmm. was so bad, I almost threw up. Like I was doing that kind of dry cough. I'm like, what, what? A month later, here yeah. I am dumping out the possum piss water because they poo in the water, by the way. They poo in the water, and that was so gross oh. it almost made me throw up. So I kind of laughed to myself. I'm like, I've almost thrown up from the death of a possum and the babies pooping up there. They're, you know, like the, there's a cycle of life going on here that's just both of them are making me almost throw up, which is hilarious. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I collect a lot of dead things, and I, I was surprised how much that stunk. And, uh, but they're poo. Oh. That's the funniest thing is they poo in the water. And then when you dump the water in the toilet, there's still some poo at the bottom. That smell is next level. And so, you know, Uh-oh. anybody that's going to rehab possums, watch out. And that's what she said to me, too. The lady, she's like, yeah, it smells pretty bad, huh, when they do that. I'm like, yeah, that was kind of a shock. But 
You know, it's yeah, funny. Yeah, we had a concert, of course, at the jazz festival, and we all wanted the party after it. I had to say, guys, before we do anything, I got to go back to the house and check on the possums, you know. So it was just hilarious. <laughs> and I couldn't leave them alone for long because I knew they were escape artists. So now I had to make sure they were they were secured where they were, Aww. little buggers. Amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, it was fun. So, Utsu, before, before we let you go, just remind folks where they can hear and see and when to expect something from the Dragon Ritual drummers. Tell them about Hexfest again and anything else coming up, if you would. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, if for, if anybody is already attending Hexfest or you're going to buy the tickets for it for next week, you essentially, uh, two weeks from now, August 7th, 8th, and 9th, Hexfest uh, online. There's like 20, 20-something presenters, and you get access to all of the presenters as well as our performances and the rituals oh. they do. So, and you can watch them all the time. When that Crowdcast network that they have there, you can watch it as many times as you want once you pay yep. for it. So there's that. For us, you can find us yep. on Facebook. Dragon Ritual Drummers are on Facebook. We are also on Reverb Nation, and our music is yep. on iTunes. You know, you just type up Dragon Ritual Drummers and me. I'm My profile is wide open, Utu, U T U. Witch Doctor, that's how they have me locked in. And you can find me on, I'm the same way. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter, although I haven't been on there forever. But, you know, I'm there. And that's how you find us. And for now, you know, we're almost done our little virtual world of stuff. But uh, people keep their eyes open on us. They'll find out that, you know, we'll be active again sometime soon. And and maybe we'll throw something together for uh, Halloween. We don't know how or what because we don't know how this is all going. But just follow us. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and all that. Dragon Ritual Drummers. You type us up, you'll have plenty of options to go and look and catch us. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Otsu, thank you so much for coming on and spending some time with us, and we're hoping you'll come back on in the not-so-distant future. It's been quite a while since the last time. I really appreciate your diligence, because I know we tried a few times, and my schedule just wasn't working out. So it's been so good to hear both your ladies' voices. And best Love of you. blessings from all of us to you and your families. Stay safe and just keep doing what you ladies do and talking about the bullshit of Trump, extra bleeding, <laughs> whatever it is you girls say. It's always good and it's always real. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> thank sure. you. We love you guys. Thank you, thank you again. We'll talk to you soon. Send yeah. our love to you guys, All right. All the best. Too. All right. Bless All the best to you. Bye. Bless, Bless to me. All right, everybody. We are out for the night. We will see you tomorrow with Deborah Lip, and we are going to talk about yeah. her brand new book. I'm so excited. We will see you guys tomorrow. Have a great night, everybody. Night, guys. <laughs>